Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Here's your host, Derek Taylor. 405 on a Friday? Zinger, did we make it? We made it, man. I love it. Sports Cage on Fridays brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Some very sad, disappointing, and depressing CFL news to pass along. Oh, there's a lot of it coming up. Uh, maybe $35,000 to give away at 4.30. That's not depressing. Huh? That's better. Ushorshe Shakiri, the Regina Cougars sprinter, will join us at 4.45. Rider safety Mike Edom at 5.05. I was digging through some old university depth charts. So I have some questions for Mr. Edom about his time at the U of C and now his 10th season. This will be year 10 for him in the Canadian Football League. That's, I, wouldn't have, I really didn't think it had wow. been that many. But year fi- 10. Five with the Riders and now 10 in total it will be for Mike Edom. He's coming up at 5.05. Sarah Orleski of TSN talks some hockey with us at 5.30. She'll have some insight into how Winnipeg fans remember Evander Kane as he did a little media tour before he signed with Edmonton and looks set to be- debut for them tomorrow. Aaron Karolnik at 6.05. Of course, he talks gambling. We'll talk NFC and AFC championship games on the weekend. How do we expect the Packers to do on on uh, Sunday? Good? Or? Uh, probably seven bags of chips <laughs> down during the game. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, poor Packers. Poor, uh, poor Packers. I'm, I, uh, I hope the Bengals beat the Chiefs, and I hope the Rams beat the Niners. Not going to happen. I, I think it's going to be Niners and Chiefs in the Super Bowl, just like a couple years ago, but it's not what I'm hoping for, that's for sure. It would be, I mean... Burrow and the Bengals taking out the Chiefs would be a, it'd be a monumental upset. They beat them in the regular season. They did. The Bengals were at home though, when it was a high-scoring shootout. I, I just don't see the Chiefs losing that game, to be honest. And that's especially why after be... la- that game on the weekend, like 13 seconds left. Yeah, and all that. And that's why it would be such an such an yeah. accomplishment for Burrow in his second year, Chase in his first year. Man, I cannot wait for Sunday. Cannot get here fast enough. The text line is open at 306-936-6262. Love having you with us. You guys have been crushing it this week with the text, with the keeping me honest, with the where should the riders go, zinging the other teams, taking shots at the Bombers, all the stuff I love. Taking a shot. Taking shots at my Packers, too. There's been a couple of those. Oh, feel free to keep firing those through. Where yep, are. I'm here. I'm here till <laughs> 11 tonight. Zinger's taking all the bullets. <laughs> uh, because that's what happens. Sometimes when you love, sometimes your heart gets broken, right? And and when you love and you put yourself out there and make it known that you love something, you're making yourself vulnerable. That's the way it goes. There you go. Uh, plus, uh, from Edmonton, how long are you willing to wait for the for the one? For the one. You think you think he or she is the one. How long are you willing to wait to make that a reality? We'll talk about that coming up here on the show. Big news from the Canadian Football League and big news from uh, Ryderville. My dreams have been crushed. <laughs> 16 in green will not be worn by Brian Effing Burnham. Maybe Isaac Harker again. Could be Harker again. Burnham re-signing with the BC Lions. Honestly, it's not that much of a surprise. Burnham has done incredibly well there. He clearly enjoys his time in BC. And hey, $165,000 plus bonuses that could take him to $180,000. 
that's a nice little chunk of change for Brian Burnham. 50K up front, I feel like, is a big swing as well. Something that could very much help you uh, get a guy back in because, hey, his cap number ends up lower than Lucky Whitehead's by a fair margin. But 50K up front, you get that tax a little better. You, you end up you end up looking pretty good. Uh, are you surprised it comes down to uh, at most or at the least difference would be 25 grand less than Lucky Whitehead? Oh. I'm, I I know one thing. I'm not surprised that he's back with the Lions, especially no. after Riley's retirement. I think that really just opened up the gate for him. But twenty, you said twenty five thousand dollars less than Lucky. If Burnham maxes out his contract, it would be twenty five less. That, that 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 I think that's. I don't know if that's surprising, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because yep. that, that's Brian Burnham we're talking about. And yes, Lucky Whitehead's a great receiver, but like. Uh, that that's a pretty big gap there. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I'd feel more comfortable if it was switched around the other way. Yeah, that would that would have made more sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, nonetheless, they've chosen their direction, and BC goes into the uh, season as of right now. Lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham, Dominic Rhymes, and then we'll see what they fill in with uh, after that. They obviously released Lamar Durant, but Burnham, who I just. I just want him in green at some point. I just want to be calling Brian Burnham games and not cursing him when he jumps over top of uh, mm, who did he get in the 2019 game who then got him back? Ailey Buka. Okay. Jumped over top of Ailey Buka and ripped one out of his hands uh, yeah, that in the one. third game. And then yeah, Buka yeah, yeah. with the game-ending interception on a pass intended for Burnham. I would love to be calling ones in his favor. But Burnham back in BC, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Safe to say this guy was never coming to Saskatchewan, so <laughs> indifferent to it. Simone Lawrence re-signing the Defensive Player of the Year back in Hamilton for another year, and running back Don Jackson back with the Ticats on a two-year deal. Don Jackson. For Jackson. Uh, Jackson. Former ha Packer. <sighs> Had to he see is. That in there. Uh, rap mogul as well. Yep. Uh, Jackson, a little over 60% of his yards after contact, was one of the highest numbers in the Canadian Football League. If Hamilton ever decides to go with one running back and, like, just one running back, they could really put up some yards. Uh, we'll see what Jackson ends up with as far as a rotation there. Sir Vincent Rogers retiring, signed a one-day deal to be with the Red Blacks, and he will retire. The 35-year-old tackle was once the most outstanding offensive lineman. Uh, had a real nice career. Says, you know what, just couldn't get my mind around forcing my body to do this one more time so he seems very happy with his decision i i dm'd him said hey it was a, it was a pleasure he and i have chatted a couple times he's been with us on the show before uh that's a good dude said, hey if you ever want to talk football you let me know so uh cfl analyst sir vincent rogers yeah we gotta get him on here point. and how about the news uh who was it the patriots at side desjardins today the, yeah, yeah, that, we'd, we'd heard that was coming. Yeah, yeah. They drew Desjardins made, made it official today. Yeah, the Bombers left guard off to see the Wizard off to the uh, National Football League. Now he gets to deal with Bill Belichick from Mike O'Shea <laughs> to Bill Belichick. I feel like two guys that uh, like to wear hoodies. We, we know that. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, I feel like they're both players coaches. Though, yeah, so that should work. These guys, I mean, Lennius had the same thing. Lennius had a bunch of workouts, had apparently four different offers. You get a chance to pick your spot and just, you know what? I hope you're there for good. Yeah. I hope you're there for good. It would be fantastic. Every guy from the CFL who goes to the NFL 
is great recruiting tool for the CFL mm -hmm. when it comes to American guys who have had a couple of go rounds or quarterbacks who have had a couple of go rounds. And after seven years on the Edmonton Neglis, they finally signed with the Elks. <laughs> yeah, amazingly. <laughs> so that story, this is uh, you sometimes have to wait a long, long time to, uh, to finally get to, to where you're going. Uh, November 10th, 2014 from John Hodge, of three down nation, the Edmonton Elks put quarterback JT Barrett on their neg list. <laughs> Barrett was then a young starter, a young quarterback at Ohio State University. <laughs> November 10th, 2014. That is that is wild. He went on to start for, that was would have been into his first season there. He ended up starting 44 games at Ohio State at a time where they had a lot of quarterbacks. They had some Cardale Jones was there at the time. JT Barrett beat out some quarterbacks to to get that gig. Seven plus years after Edmonton first put him on their neg list, the Elks have signed quarterback JT Barrett. What is what is happening this week with, like, it, it, that's borderline like more surprising than the Darius Bowman. Like, well, I'm, I'm a loss of words. DT Bar Barrett's in the same spot a guy like Paxton Lynch was. Well, Lynch actually had played in the NFL, right? But, but when, when was the last time Barrett's thrown a pass? In a game, like college, I think. Like that is that is a uh, preseason. Like what's going on here in Edmonton? Like I need, I need, I need help to understand. Well, Barrett's, what is happening? Barrett's only twenty-seven, so he's got a lot of lot of years left in him. Off season, he's been a practice squad and off season member of the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Steelers as well over three years. So he hasn't taken a a proper snap since college, I guess, in twenty seventeen. Okay, so yeah, he was with the uh, Steelers from nineteen to twenty. Yeah. All right, so it's not as bad as I thought. At least, uh, at least he's throwing the ball. <laughs> uh, big-bodied guy. Hey, I like Very it. Nice I like touchdown it. Touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, though he he was a Big Ten school. Mullinder will like him because he beat Michigan apparently four times in his career, four and zero career against Michigan. So Mullinder will enjoy that. Yeah, I still he, don't understand it, but I like it. Honestly, that's the same story as as almost every other quarterback that yeah. that goes. Hey, I haven't gotten traction in the NFL yet. I'm going to go to the CFL. It just happens to be that JT Barrett is was a big name college quarterback for a little spell. And like the CFL needs a little, you know, like an infusion of of potential new starting quarterbacks going forward here in the next couple of years, right? So it's Man. like I, like I'm here for it. I'm good. I'm glad to see it that maybe. I'm not saying that JT Barrett's going to be like the next Michael Riley as far as like production goes. But we need but, the next Michael Riley. But like, it, that's why it's like it's. That's why I'm for it. Like, why not? I mean, which league needs quarterbacks? There's nine teams in the CFL. At update, uh, confirm that. Like, that's breaking news. There's nine teams. Nine in the teams CFL? Okay. should have been ten a few years ago, and then something. Yeah. Anyways. COVID. Uh, which teams are rock solid at quarterback? Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. Uh... Would you consider Hamilton with Dane Evans rock solid at quarterback? Probably like twenty percent of the league, something like that. Like, I two I, out of nine is that like twenty percent, something like that? Be, uh, Calgary overall, I think, is probably rock solid at quarterback because they've got Bo and they and they've got Jake Mayer. Yeah. So if Bo has another season like this last one, they've got Mayer to fall back on, and Mayer looks <sighs> like he's pretty good. But compared to so like three. compared to like what like six seven years ago when you had like Ricky Ray in Toronto. Oh. You know, yeah. Bo Levi, Calgary, Michael Riley, Edmonton, when he was back in Edmonton at the time. What we thought Kalaros here would be, yeah. Is, 
now it's like, you know, we don't know what to expect year in and year old. Back half a decade, a decade ago, it was like things oh. were in stone. Yeah, 2019. When a little the transition period going on. When when the quarterbacks were getting big money in 2019, right? Yeah. Riley, big money. Uh, Harris, less big money, but still more than 500 grand. Bo, uh, 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 Caleros. There were some... Uh, Ham- Hamilton had both its quarterbacks. They thought they were going to be gr- mm-hmm. just fine with. 2019 was kind of a real high spot for quarterbacks, and now we're in a real low pit for quarterbacks <laughs> in the Canadian Football League. So maybe... JT Barrett is the guy to save us all. Maybe. Maybe. That could be. Six foot two, two hundred and twenty five pounds. Hey. That's a big that, cat. That's the that's the same as Aaron Rodgers. There you go. Six two, two twenty five. The just back to the Burnham news for a second. As we say, one sixty five base according to Farhan Lalji, possibly hundred eighty thousand dollars. People spun this as oh, this is great. This uh, this is amazing confirmation that Nathan Rourke is is the bomb. Mm. I don't know that that's what Burnham is saying by signing in BC. If you've only known one place, maybe you like that place mm-hmm. and maybe you're willing to go, oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? I like, I like being here. I like the organization. It's- maybe you just don't want to move like you live, like you, like you live there, right? Yeah. You live in America. Hey, I like traveling from here. This is great. Yeah. Uh, I like this. I, there's a place uh, I have a, I have a person I keep renting from when I come back to town. Yeah, I feel that's what, that's pretty what I mean. solid, yeah. right? There's there's a zillion reasons why, as opposed to, oh, man, he must think Nathan Rourke is going to be awesome. Hmm. I really feel like there's another one on the, we love our running quarterbacks and we love our Canadian quarterbacks, so everything is confirmation of that prep. Just Burnham signing in BC, drawing the direct line to, he must think Nathan Rourke is going to be amazing. That's a little. That's a little stretchy for me. That's me, a little, yeah. little taffy pulling for me. To me, you got to believe that, like he, he, he could have got more money elsewhere. In my opinion, like, like, don't you think? Like one sixty five. Yep. The, so he must really like it. He must like the ocean or something. Farhan points out he got fifty k up front. Yeah. Which we know the tax situation is different for Americans on bonus money. Was another team going to give him fifty grand? Maybe up front? not. And that's the thing that can that can really change everything. So if they're willing to give you fifty grand up front, let's not get too far into the math here. But someone else isn't going to give you that up front, but they'll pay you one eighty five. Eh. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when I do the math, that might end up being exactly the same. And why do I want to go? Because uh, have you had in your lifetime? Have you had kind of grass isn't always greener moments? Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm pretty sure you had we've all had those and you go oh yeah that that's pretty good where i used to be yeah. right so sometimes it's better to not even uh, not even bother just go this is fantastic and you know what bc could be really good this year mm-hmm. who knows where there's still 200 and how many free agents bc could be really good uh, but i was pl- tough in the west but i was planning to go to the rider store and, uh, you know, maybe put in an order for a number 16 Burnham jersey. Well, and Luke's got that Isaac Harker jersey you could have just bought from him, right? Just rip I'm off, buying an Isaac Harker jersey. Tomorrow. Just rip off the the name bar. Yeah. Easy peasy. 420, rider safety Mike Edom at 505. We'll talk to Mike about why back for season number five in the Canadian Football League, what it means to him that Jason Shivers has another year on his contract and be with the team through 2023 we've got curly to talk about as well coming up on the cage 
425 with the afternoon rush. The Regina Pats, they take on the Brandon Wheat Kings tonight at the Brand Center. The Pats originally were to face the PA Raiders, but the Raiders were uh, unable to play due to COVID issues. So it's the Pats and Wheaties at 7 p.m. right here on 620 CKRM. Avalanche superstar Nathan McKinnon has reportedly suffered a facial fracture and a concussion as well after an open ice collision with Boston Bruins forward Taylor Hall. In 30 games this year, uh, McKinnon has nine goals and 34 assists. Nine goals? Superstar? He's supposed to be a superstar. The 2022 Scotties this year. It's going to be an exciting few days for Saskatchewan curling fans. Chelsea Carey's rink is TSN's featured game Friday night versus Team McCarville at 6 p.m. And Penny Barker is the featured game Saturday night versus Tracy Fleury, also at uh, 6 p.m. DT. Love it. Love it. I saw the Taylor Hall hit on Nathan McKinnon. It was initially five minutes and you're done. They gave to Hall, but then they watched it in replay and went, oh, yeah, no, that's perfectly clean. It just hits his stick, and then his stick, McKinnon's stick, goes up and crushes him in the face, breaks a bone in his face, and he gets a concussion from it. Oh. They, I yeah, think maybe I didn't to, see the hit, so that sounds... Maybe to prevent a riot, they ended up giving Hall two minutes for interference, which is... A malarkey penalty anyway. Yeah. Because McKenna was carrying the puck when Hall hits him. But uh, at least it wasn't a, we're not talking about a headshot. So mm -hmm. uh, it was just it was a fully legal body check that ends up being the, the stick crushes him. N nine goals. Nine goals. Oh, like. That's a surprisingly low number yeah, from McKenna yeah. thus far. Uh, you mentioned it's the Pats and Brandon Wheat Kings tonight. It's a bit of a change. So if you had tickets for the January 28th game, today, of course, being January 28th, if you had tickets for the January 28th game, those tickets are not valid for tonight. Bear with me. If you had tickets for the January 21st Pats Wheat Kings game or the March 2nd game, those tickets are valid for tonight. January 28th games, not valid January 21st or March 2nd are valid for tonight. The Pats versus the Wheat Kings. And oh, by the way, national TV is here to see Connor Bedard. I yes. was about to say McDavid. <laughs> I had to pause. They're here to see Connor Bedard. That was supposed to be last week. But now it is. At least we're getting a game in tonight. When I saw that the Raiders couldn't play, I was like, oh, but tonight was supposed to be the TV game. And is it going to be canceled again? But no, it's not. Thank goodness, because the Wheaties are in town for okay. Yeah, and after how the Pats ran the uh, the Raiders on Tuesday, I was looking for nothing. Forward, yeah, I was looking forward to them running the Raiders again. Yeah, and Connor Bedard with four points again. I feel like maybe he'll just get his points anyway and make us all happy. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, hopefully there's not too much confusion at the gates tonight at the at the Brandt Center. Like hopefully, you know, because yeah. I, I can't imagine how frustrating that would be if you get there and you and you brought the wrong tickets with you and you're like, oh. Go back into your phone and load them back up again and yeah. search them out. And uh, what's my password for my Pats ticket account? Oh, right. it's, it's a real thing. Uh, you mentioned Penny Barker gets the gets the feature match tomorrow, tomorrow. at 6 p.m. against Tracy Flurry. Flurry, one of two curlers to test positive before they traveled to Thunder Bay, so Flurry will not be in the match. They'll have one of their they'll have their their alternate, their spare, their fifth curling in her place. From what the Flurry team put out, she tested positive. That test was long enough ago that Flurry may be able to join as the tournament goes along. So, good news for them. Uh, maybe a bit of a break for the Penny Barker's rink. Mm. Uh, 
confident that Barker. Could. Penny Barker's going to take that. Oh yeah, great to have them back at the Scotties. They were when Barker and uh, well, I guess three quarters of a rink went in 2017. They finished one and ten, looking for a little, a little better this time around because uh, Barker and company know what they're they're in for. A lot of good TV this weekend, huh? A lot of good TV. Very excited about that. Lots of good radio tonight. Dante Dakari and the pregame show for the Pats, 6:35, seven o'clock puck drop. From the Brandt Center, be there. Or... Be square. Like that's it. the that's the scene, right? Four twenty nine. Who wants thirty five thousand dollars going into the weekend? Get your tickets ready. Be by the phone. The Rider edition of Chase the Ace will draw this week's winner next. Get them on the line, and they could win a big jackpot prize. It's coming up in the cage. Writing down giant long numbers of dollars that we're going to give away to somebody potentially here on the sports cage. It is 432. All the guests of the show up here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime is a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. John Halverson for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Our biggest weekly prize thus far. Our biggest weekly prize by a long shot. And it's great to see. I'm really happy that we're, happy that we're finally on that uptick in week 10. $4,521. The amount we are guaranteed to give away. Mm -hmm. If the winner draws the Ace of Spades, they will take home $35,298. I'll throw in a toonie there to round it up to 35 <laughs> Uh This will be very exciting. All right, John, let's have at it. Let's pick ourselves a winner, shall we? Let's do it. Spinning here. Oh, we have a local winner from Regina. Okay. Tyler Hostin. Woo! <laughs> Tyler Hostin of Regina is the winner in this week's Chase the Ace. We'll make three attempts to get Tyler on the phone. Zinger will make the call. If uh, we do get him on the line, he'll have a chance to draw one of three, seven, nine, 43 cards remaining. A 1 in 43 chance of winning the big jackpot, just over $35,000. It's always interesting to watch these numbers go along, right? Mm -hmm. When the jackpot gets enormous... Okay, everybody. Oh my, I need a piece of that. This is the first real nice jump that we've had so far. Yeah, yeah, no, I think from our highest total before, there were about $2,000 more on our weekly prize. So, like I said, great to see. Well, and, and a lot of that goes to credit has to go to the foundation for the number of ways you make it available to folks. Certainly, that's right. Yeah, folks can buy it on riderville slash chasetheace.com. Um, a lot of people are subscribed to our e-blast where they can buy it directly from there or any of our social, social media foundation pages. Yeah, I notice I have to go back into my phone to see exactly <laughs> when the text message came through today that was telling me 1.30 p.m., two and and a half hours before the deadline mm -hmm. there it was on my phone as well we're trying to make sure everyone knows that hey four o'clock is that cutoff time so get your tickets yeah we're in the one hour a week where you can't buy tickets tickets will go back on sale if the jackpot's not won they'll go back on sale at five o'clock and they are good until four o'clock on friday if i'm buying tickets at five o'clock today or sometime this week how long do those tickets last for on five o'clock today they last for the rest of the whole week like, yeah it goes for till next friday they're good for next friday's good drop. For next friday yeah okay well we have our we have our uh guest on the line tyler hostin of regina you with us hey how's it going uh it's going very well uh how's it going for you winner of four thousand five hundred twenty one dollars no way i won four hundred bucks <laughs> you did you are the winner in this week's saskatchewan rough rider foundation chase the ace 
Awesome. Good to hear. Good. You got a big cheer there as well. Uh, now, you have a chance to also win the grand prize, which would be another $35,000. Are you up for that? Yeah, let's give it a whirl. All right. Do you know how our Chase the Ace works, Jonathan? Or Tyler, pardon me? You got to pull that Cody Fajardo card, right? There you go. Yeah, I'll ask you to give me a number between 1 and 52. That corresponds with a card in the deck. A few of the numbers have been already taken, so there's a chance you might pick one. I'll have to have you pick again. But if you would, Tyler, just throw me a number between 1 and 52 that you think will be a winner. Let's do 46. 46 is available. Jorgen Hoos. All right, I like that. Did you, did you do it because of Jorgen Hoos? You betcha. You knew her. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. John's got the envelope. Using the old thumb method. I love it. He'll pull out the envelope. And the card yeah. is... Three of spades. It is the three of spades. Damn, close though, hey? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, Tyler, nonetheless, $4,521, man. Congratulations. Yeah, I'll take that for a Friday night, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's your first thought, what you'll do with 4500 bucks? Well, I'm supposed to be going to work here in the next half hour, but I might be calling in and just having a quick beer, you know, to calm it down. <laughs> I like you bought yourself some time off. That sounds pretty good, actually. I like that. that sounds all right to me. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. All right, uh, Tyler. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you playing uh, Chase the Ace for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, and congratulations. Awesome. Thanks a lot. He's Tyler Hostin of Regina. He is our winner. Four thousand five hundred twenty-one dollars in the Chase the Ace for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. We're just going to throw away that $35,000, John? Do we just, just give that up now, or heck no, what happens? no, now the fun begins, right? Like we said, we saw the weekly pot get a little bit higher this week, and we hope we can build on that, and maybe we're looking at $40,000 to give away next week. Oh, I like that. All these little numerical milestones. All right, you mentioned Riderville.com, the place to go. Uh, I can get a subscription. What are tickets going for? Tickets are going for one for 10 10 for 25, 50 for 50, and 200 tickets for $100. I love it. I love it. That's uh, It's great. You can be back with us. Those tickets go on sale at 5 o'clock today for this week's draw. If you bought tickets for this draw we just had, they're those... off. They're off. That goes away with the weekly prize that was just given away. Now you got to rebuy to have that chance to win the, the grand prize and the next weekly prize. Yeah. And and one thing, if, uh, if you feel like, oh, gosh, I forgot to get them this week, you guys have a way that I will never forget. Again, I won't miss out on a draw. No, absolutely. We have a subscription that you can set up so that your tickets are purchased every, I believe it's Friday evening, so you don't even have to worry about it. And you can do that just through the regular ticket ticket purchasing order. It'll give you the option for the subscription. Perfect. That sounds great, John. Thank you, man. It's great to see you once again. Always good to see you. All right. It's the Saskatchewan North Fighter Foundation. Chase the Ace. Thanks to the good folks at Viterra as well for making this possible. And we're proud to have it every Friday right here on the sports cage it is uh, 438 mosh thought you'd jump in and yell the time at me thanks for that <laughs> 438 uh Dushos, the champion sprinter from the uh, regina cougars joins us at 445 sarah orleski at 530 rider safety mike edam 505 on the cage Zinger with the sports ticker, it's 441. Man, things are happening today in the CFL. BC Lions announced that wide receiver Brian Burnham has agreed to a contra uh, contract extension with the club as I wipe the tears from my eyes. Uh, Burnham has been named the CFL All-Star in each of his last four seasons. Offensive lineman Sir Vincent Rogers has signed a one-day contract to retire as a Red Black. Rogers suited up with the Red Blacks for four seasons and won the Grey Cup 
in 2016. Simone Lawrence is back with the Tabbies, as is Don Jackson, who has uh, signed with the Tabbies as well. And uh, Don Jackson's deal is a two-year contract. New England Patriots announced this is uh, confirmed today. They have signed former Bomber O-lineman Drew Desjardins to a futures contract. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. There were thoughts, well, will he come to the Riders in 2021? Will the Riders make a move with him in free agency? Never oh. never get the chance. Can you see the tears in my eyes? My eyes are red. <sighs> Just, if this was not a if this was not a 14-game season, he cruises past 1,000 yards for the fifth straight time. Uh, he makes catches that a lot of guys don't make right off the bat is, is very noticeable. His ability to go and get the ball is incredible at the CFL level. He also does not miss games. Hmm. In five full CFL seasons, how many games has Brian Burnham missed? Five full CFL seasons. The, call, calling 14 games in 2021, a full season. Two games. Three in total. Oh, I was close. Over five seasons. That's a, Yeah, that's good. That's like Brett Favre caliber there. Look how it all comes back to the Packers. <laughs> well, people are like, "Oh my God, this guy!" What does what does Luke say? The best ability, ability, availability. Yeah. And if you can be available at a super duper high level, as Burnham is, yeah, that's uh, that's a great signing for BC. And think about where that receiving core is right now. When we're thinking about teams that will compete with the Riders in the West, BC quarterback is a question mark. Receiver is absolutely not a question mark. With Lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham. Lucky Whitehead was the star of star receivers in 2021. For whatever that's worth, for that for that season, he was the star of stars. Burnham has been top three in the league for the last four seasons minimum. Dominique Rimes is also on that team, and though he was hurt all of 2019, essentially, he was a 1,000-yard stud at that wide receiver spot for Ottawa. Imagine how it might not mean anything if you don't have a quarterback that could get him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like how Ottawa was this past season. Now, yes. Yes, it's entirely possible uh, that that is the case. Uh, no news from the Riders. And today was the first. Oh, our guest is with us. Oh, my apologies. All right. We, we should talk a little uh, Regina Cougars track and field. Uh, our next guest came all the way from Nigeria because he could not resist minus 30 degrees Celsius winter times. Uh, I Please help me if I say this right. And he's known as Dushos on Twitter. Ushorshe Shakiri is with us. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. How did I do with your name? Because na getting names right is important to me. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. It's not that bad. It's okay. Fair. I honestly, I did a lot of study. Uh, there were there were some meets where you did real well uh, in qualifying for the Olympics, and there was one woman interviewing you, and and she spoke really quickly and with. And I was trying my best to get to uh, Ushorashe Shakiri. Dushos. Where, where does, what is Dushos? Where does that come from? Yeah, it's kind of the short form of Ushorashe. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, a, like if, you take, if you take out the D, it's like Ushorashe and it's Ushos. So Ushorashe, Ushos. Okay. That's, that's where it came from. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to work on that because I'm I'm certainly going to be talking to you again after your performance at your first event for the Regina Cougars. I guess the first question is how did you get to be a student and an athlete at the University of Regina? Yeah, so 
I just applied to the University of Regina because my uncle is here. And when I came here, I met the team. So I just joined them. Okay. It wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. It was this. It wasn't your plan to come and run track. <laughs> no, it was my plan to run track, but it wasn't my plan to come around track for the Cougars because I didn't even know they had they had a track they had a track team called the Cougars. I just applied because my uncle is here okay. in Regina, and I'm I'm at Wade. I'm at the team. I'm at Coach Al, and I just joined them. I like that, and and was that we saw the video, and we've retweeted it on Twitter uh, the video of you running the sixty meters this past weekend. Uh, was that the first time you competed at sixty meters? Yeah, yeah, that was the first time, the first time <laughs> ever running the sixty. How do you feel you did? I said, knowing what the answer should be. Yeah, I feel good. I think the performance is fair. I still that. I think there's a lot of room for improvement, but I think the performance is fair overall. At 6.70 seconds, you were the winner of the meet, and you were three one-hundredths of a second off the Cougars' all-time record, uh, which for folks listening is held by Tavon Campbell, the former uh, Montreal Alouette, Saskatchewan Rough Rider, and now Los Angeles Charger of the NFL. So uh, it, it seems like as a, as a Cougars fan, I'm super happy with how you did. How, did. how did you feel? How did it feel to be competing again? I feel really good. Like I feel really good running, injury-free, running without being hurt. That's the first thing. Because so, once you're healthy, you're bound to go faster. I felt really good, really, really good. How much of injury has been a thing for you thus far in your career? In- injuries has always been a part of my career. Because I'm always injured at one point or the other. So this year I'm trying to take things easy, slowly, because I've got a new it's a new environment. Mm-hmm. It's cold. It's mine it's always minus in Regina. So <laughs> I'm trying to treat my body different and hopefully we'll get it through the season injury free. Uh, yeah. So uh, you, you mentioned your uncle is here. How long has your uncle been in Regina? Like a long time or recently? Uh, yeah, I think three years. He's been here like three years, yeah. It can be twenty eight. 2019 yeah okay and that's that's what was able to uh, to get you here and you've you've come I, I when i saw masters for engineering i thought oh okay that's that's the real deal right there <laughs> yeah i'm playing after my uncle he's, a, he's an engineer also so <laughs> this makes sense <laughs> i like it i like it uh Tell me about the Olympics, uh, because it, I mean, when when the media release comes out, uh, Nigerian Olympian joins the Regina Cougars track team. That draws a lot of eyes. What was your Olympic experience like? It was amazing. The Olympics it was amazing. Like yo, you can't trade that feeling for anything. It was amazing. Definitely, like I like the atmosphere, the vibe surrounding it, because everyone is watching it. I think it's the most watched track event in the world. Everyone is watching it. Everyone was staying awake over in Nigeria to watch it. The fans, the emotions, everything. Like you can't trade it for anything. Like I think like that's the biggest that's the biggest event I've ever been to. And I think I don't know if there were more bigger ones, but that was huge. Yeah. Like you wake up every day with thousands of messages. Like yo, you actually at the Olympics. Yo, that was really huge. Well, and you ran the 100 meters, which, I mean, the Olympics are the biggest event, and the 100 meters is the big, honestly, it's the biggest event within the Olympics. It's the one as, as fans we're, we're all wanting to see, and we can't wait to see the drama of. You, you finished in the top 24. Were you satisfied with that as a, as a result to your Tokyo experience? 
Yeah, like, yeah, because I was hurt prior to the Olympics. So when I got into the semis, it was a big thing for me because definitely I ran through pain. So it was a big thing. Like, I just, I wanted to be in the finals, but it's only how far you can push your body. So it was a big thing for me getting to the semis. Trust me, I, I, I appreciate it. In, I loved it. I loved the, because my team around me knew how I was hurting before I ran. So they were, they were happy with the results. I think I was happy with the results. Yeah. Well, and I mean, for your first Olympics, uh, that's it's an incredible accomplishment to get to a level where you can even think about being at the Olympics. And then you get to the the uh, Olympics. Uh, that is that is fantastic. Ashur Shakiri is a University of Regina sprinter. And he's with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Give me your favorite moment from the Olympics, if you would. My favorite moment from the Olympics will be will be will be, will be my hundred meter hit. Definitely, because there was a lot of emotions there. I didn't want to live in the heat. So that would definitely be the highlight of my Olympics. I like it. I like Getting it. through the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Is your plan to keep keep uh, competing at that level? Definitely. Definitely. Right. I, yeah. I've got a new team now, working with a new set of coaches. And because obviously the coaches in Regina University, Mm-hmm. So obviously, I want to keep Andre Man at that level. So I'm still putting in the work, and we'll see how it comes out this summer. I like it. I like it. Ten point oh two seconds. I saw was your personal best in the 100 meters, a, a speed that I can't fathom. Uh, do you have plans? Do you have hopes of going sub ten? Yeah, every that's the goal with the start of every season. I've done a going sub ten last year. It didn't happen. We've started this year again, finally going sub-10. So let's keep our fingers crossed. No one knows when it will come, but we definitely got a high on that. Have you, definitely. I was going to ask, have you ever, ha- have you ever had a sub-10, but it was, there was too much wind, so it didn't count? Or is, is 10.02 literally the fastest time you've ever seen on the board? Yeah, 10.02 is literally the fastest time. I've never had any, any positive wind, you know, probably 2.1. Yeah. I've never been in one of those meets. That's awesome. Do I often I'll ask this to athletes in, in different sports, but I, I don't know if it would apply to to someone in sprinting. Is is there a sprinter you would pattern yourself after? Does that happen in your sport? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you tend to watch people and and like how they move. Like I like the way a lot of people move, but I don't move that way because I'm a bit rigid. So I tend to watch a lot of people move. I like how they move. Why don't move that way? <laughs> so I don't even know anybody that moves like me. But I tend to watch. I like I like the Americans. They run really good. I like the Jamaicans. They've got really good techniques. So obviously I, I watch the past videos of the former Nigerian record holder and the other Nigerians that have run past. So I just tend to like mimic. But I like I, I collect a couple of people. I like Olusoji Fasubar. There's then there's Tyson Gay, there's Usain Bolt, mm-hmm. there's Justin Gatlin. Now, I like the techniques are very good, very good. So I watch a lot of these people. I I feel like 20 years from now we'll we'll look back at Usain Bolt and wonder. Well, we'll probably still wonder how that all worked because he is so long and yet his turnover is so fast. Once he gets up to speed, he was he was incredible to watch for those Olympics. Yeah, like, yes, I enjoyed every moment watching him. Like, yo, like, he was my favorite when he was competing. 
Like I enjoyed every moment of it. Like yo, he always he always gave us some something to think about. Some he always gave us something wanting more. Like yo, the man was <laughs> it was amazing, totally amazing. So for you, what's the feeling knowing that you you were for an Olympics? You you were essentially a peer of of uh, of his. Like you were at the level that he competed at. Yeah, that's the thing. Like first, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was starstruck, like, seeing all these other guys, like, yo, because I was at Worlds in 2019, mm-hmm. so that was the first time I was at that level, so, first of all, then, at Worlds, I was starstruck, I was shocked, I didn't know what to do, so I think I took the experience from Worlds into the Olympics, because in the World Championship, I didn't make it through the heats, so I took the experience I got from Worlds to the Olympics, and I was, a, I was, I, I did better at the Olympics, to get so Obviously, the more you run at these championships, you get used to the feeling, you get used to the vibes. So being at the Olympics was a step up, a step up from World Championships. Mm-hmm. It was the same people, so there was I was not too scared. But at the same time, obviously, at the highest level, because you had how many million people from Nigeria watching and hoping you make it to the next round. So it was electrifying. It was good. And knowing that you're at that level, yo, it's mind-blowing. I can I can only uh, imagine. Uh, you ran a race with the Canadian Andre de Grasse, is that right? Yeah, I think he was in my semis. Okay, what? Oh, give me give me the inside scoop on Andre de Grasse, uh, Canadian icon at this point. But what's Andre de Grasse like as a runner? He's good. He's quick. He's got a good turnover and a very elastic athlete. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't fall into. I do not. He's a good athlete. Like. I like how he does his things. Like he's calm, you know, very calm. Mm. That's the thing. Like, but it's more of a two hundred. It's more of a two hundred meter guy, but always gets the medal in the hundred. Always manages to get the medal. Like I'm really impressed with him. Really, really impressed with him. Like I like the dude, though. I like the dude. It was fun lining up with him and the other guys because your hand was also in my heat. Like that was a starstruck, starstruck heat, man. Like, yo, the guys that were lined up there. But that's the thing, like, so me being at the Olympics and me being lined up with these guys know that, okay, now I'm at this level, so mm-hmm. I know what to work on. The feeling is the feeling is there. The emotions are already there. I've experienced it before. So it's not strange when lining up with these guys again. Yeah, so when 2026 rolls around and 2030 rolls around, you'll be in a better place, I, I would imagine, mentally prepared for something yeah, like that. Yeah, 2024 is the next Olympics. 2024 in Paris, yeah. Pardon me, yeah. I, was, I was on the win- I was on the Winter Olympic schedule there by accident. Oh, yeah, yeah twenty twenty four in Paris. That's very uh, that is super exciting. So, what's what's been your favorite Regina moment so far? My favorite Regina moment? Yeah. Hmm. Mm, I'll say I've not gotten it. I'm just here two weeks <laughs> over two. That's my third week. I've not gotten it. I'll wait. I'll hold on to that. Let me get something electrifying. Yeah. Were were you quite prepared for it? Because you came during, this is the coldest snap I can remember in in quite some time. Were you, did anyone adequately prepare you for just how cold it's been here lately? Yeah, so, yeah, so I was talking to, I, I have a friend in Saskatoon, Astrid, she was always telling me it's cold. My uncle was always telling me it's cold. Everybody was telling me it's cold, but I was not prepared for the cold. I was not prepared for the cold. So I got you and it hit me it hit me hard. But oh. my dad's boy hits me hard. 
Oh, I can, I can, I can only imagine uh, the the culture shock, the uh, the weather shock, <laughs> shock. Pardon me, when it's my- <laughs> choking on the cold here, when it's minus thirty all of a sudden. Uh, I don't, I don't imagine you've had many of those uh, before you came. Uh, Shorshe, I appreciate you being with us, man. I, congratulations on the win in the first meet. We're looking forward to seeing you competing for a, a few more meets starting next weekend again, and then all the way to the youth sports championship. Very excited to have you in Regina and, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, your uncle likes having you here and you find what you're looking for in your studies as well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate, man. Thank you. He's so good. Nice to be with us. You, Shorshe Shakiri. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Dushos, D U S H O S. He's nice enough to join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. The uh, Cougars track team, they're at an event in Winnipeg. It'll be cold there too, February 4th and 5th. <laughs> They'll do it indoors, though. I assume that's at the University of Manitoba for that one. Uh, and then all the way through to the U uh, Sports Championship. We are so lucky to have him here, man. <laughs> we are lucky to have him here. That's awesome. What and just randomly so? Yeah. Right. My uncle. My uncle lives in Regina. I thought, oh, I should come. I should come. Yeah. He can't. Oh, they have track. I should run track. And and he won the sixty meter dash. It's only sixty meters, so you don't have a ton of time to get that far ahead of me. He won it by a real margin, and as we said, three one hundredths of a second off the school record set by Los Angeles Chargers Tavon. Campbell uh, for 59 news is next on the other side. It's writer safety, Mike Edom on the sports cage. Five Oh seven on a Friday sports cage brought to you by Nelson home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Super glad to have Mike Adam back with the Riders for year number five. Even more Good so, be Mike, because we can keep playing that bumper back into break, in from break. I love it. <laughs> At some point, we got to re-record that. <laughs> well, if we can see each other face-to-face this CFL season, we'll definitely redo that. How about that? Most definitely. Most definitely. I love it. long overdue. Um, one, right off the bat, I cannot believe this is year number 10 upcoming for you in the Canadian Football League. When you, when you put it like that, sounds like uh, sounds like I've been in for a while. What? Well, you you have been, but you're not old, and that's the thing. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It sure doesn't feel like it. I mean, I mean, I played my first year, but then things happened in Montreal where I didn't really get to play my second and third year. That's why I hit the market. So legs wise, I'm pretty fresh in the legs. I haven't played a lot of snaps that most people would think at my age. So I'm just fortunate to that injuries are keeping me upright, and I'm able to keep playing this game. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to have you back for a, a fifth year in green. Uh, you, you chose to re-sign ahead of becoming a free agent. What what led you to that decision? Um, I think I know, I know what the future holds for me. I know uh, I kind of knew where I wanted to be. It wasn't a question about uh, uh, me going anywhere elsewhere. It was more about just getting um, getting a contract done that's uh, both friendly for me and the team. And once we were able to get that done, it was a no-brainer. I mean, at this point in my career, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Not really trying to go elsewhere. Yeah, you say get a contract friendly for you and the team. Why is it important to you that it be team friendly as well? Well, because I personally wanted to be back this year, so I made sure that money was not a big deal. Money was not going to be the reason why I didn't come back. I, I, I personally felt like we have unfinished business, and with the guys in that locker room, I kind of know what the 
thought process is in the off season right now. So we're all just kind of working and uh, itching up a bit to get back and kind of rewrite some of our wrongs. Yeah. So you're under contract, and now we wait to see what happens with the rest of free agency. How are you taking yeah. in the rest of free agency? Are you on top of everything? Do you kind of wait till someone texts you to tell you something happened? How do you take in the rest of this thing? Listen, man, I've done my part. I'm under contract. I'm not worried about anything else. I'm just worried about getting my wrist in playing condition and being able to last 23 games and 24 games, however many games it's going to take. So you're not you're not intently looking like I'm looking at the transaction wire every day to see did the writer sign I mean, I somebody. Got, I got I got my inner circle who yeah. a few guys are going to hit the market, but you know you don't guys are nervous right now. Guys are not sure what the future is going to hold. So you only want to be blowing guys up, constantly nagging, asking what's going on. Hey, what's what's the word? Kind of want to let things play out. So I kind of give guys that kind of space. Yeah. Kind of go through their their uh, negotiation process without having to have an influence on, on it. I like yeah, I like that. They know they know you love and support them anyway, right? Like the guys right, that you're talking right. about. Right. If you're in my inner circle, you know I got number love for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And those guys know who they are. I love it. I love it. He's rider safety Mike Adam. He's with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, the news yesterday of the coaching staff being re-upped and Jason Shivers getting extended through 2023. Uh, what is it like working for slash with Jason Shivers? Um. It's, it's very innovative, you know. He finds uh, new ways to kind of get the guys to buy in. And I think it's ways that most guys haven't come across yet. So it's kind of interesting to see the different ways in which he gets the, he gets the guys to buy in. Um, I think Coach Shaz really cares about the man. The, um, as opposed to, you know, some coaches care more about the football player. But he's a person that, you know, takes time to get to know the man. You know, underneath the helmet, and I think that bodes well for uh, for players. When the player can trust the coach, I think it allows the players to go out there and play um, play without holding back, kind of you know, put everything on the line for the coach. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun watching watching him uh, him lead the defense, uh, and now he gets a, an extra year of security. All the coordinators and head coaches are back yes, for twenty twenty three. Is something like that it, at, when you assess your own career and where where you want to be? Uh, is something like that important to you? Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, continu- continuity in the coaching staff only trickles down to the players, you know. So you don't want to go to coaching staff that's not that's trying to figure it out. We we have things figured out, you know. To both our coordinators, even uh, Dick included in there, mm-hmm. probably the most competitive dude, uh, football minds you ever come across. So, you know, seeing them come to work with that attitude, that mentality on a day to day basis is very infectious. You say maybe the most competitive. Or does that? Do you have examples of that? Does that come off the field too? Like, are there ping pong matches well, I know, that I are? I know Coach Moss. I know Coach Koshaz is more of like a Zen kind of guy, so he keeps yeah. everything kind of, you know, centered a little bit. But Coach Moss is very, you know, he, he, if things don't go right, you you know when things don't go right. <laughs> and but for a player, you love that to see that passion come out of your coach because you know he cares about his craft. So so you have no other choice but to invest in your craft. Yeah. Or else you're not going to play. I've always felt like, and by all means, Mike, tell me if I'm wrong, but I've always felt like a coaching staff that has a mix of those kind of guys it right. is a real is a real plus because you never know what 45 individual players are going to gravitate to. No, no, but having that from the coaching staff kind of sets the table for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I love hearing it. Uh, defensive back coach Richard Kent won't be back. He's now coaching in Europe. Uh, if you could just tell me uh, about working with Richard Kent over the last few years. Oh, man, Coach Coach Kent is like a, a information search engine. You know, <laughs> whatever information you need, he's he's got it. Dating to like 25 years back, he, he's the stats from 
when Hamilton and Sass played in the Grey Cup, when it's a 32 set, this happened, 23 set, that's the kind of guy he is. So for me as a safety, I loved working with him because any questions I had, he always answered it, you know, and he always kind of try to get the players to see the bigger picture, not not be so honed in, okay, I got my assignment, this is my job. No, take a second, take a step back, see what's the, what's the guy next to you doing, what's the point of the defense, what are we trying to, what are we essentially asking you to do on a from a play on a play to play basis basis on a defense. So that's kind of what working with him was like, and I'm gonna miss him. And I know the guys in the room will definitely miss him. Yeah, the Riders saying that they will be hiring a defensive back coach uh, in the near future. They'll have an announcement coming on that, but they uh, revealed their coaching staff. I, I'm I'm curious because I don't know 100% how it works, what ends up, because there's, there's different, like there's head coach, there's coordinators, and there's position coaches. How much do you, right. in your job, how much do you interact with between Jason Shivers and the defensive back coach? How much and what kind of things are they the same, different, and how they interact with you? I mean, Coach Shives, you know, Coach Shives would talk to the whole, address the whole defense from a day-to-day basis and kind of hit on the main points that we need to address over the course of the week. Okay. But the the the, um, the intricacies and the details over the course of that week is hammered in by Coach Kent, you know, are constantly reinforcing the important points we need to, we need to hit on from a week-to-week basis. So from a, from a major point, Coach Shives will address the defense, but from a little intricacy part, like nuances of the defense, how we're trying to change things and tweak things. That's Coach Kent's job, and then just delivering delivering information on what we're going up against from a week to week basis. I think his uh, his breakdown of offenses uh, makes it it makes it very simple for the young guys to be able to pick up an offensive concept and say, okay, I get it. I understand how they're trying to tackle us. Yeah, and I I suspect Shives can have a little drive by comment every once in a while too, because that's that's a guy who played at your level, right? Yeah, you know, Coach Shives, he's good with these little. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't say much. Most the most you do is uh, you put a picture of a guy up. If he wants to get information, he wants to get a reaction out of you. You get beat by guys. Okay, let's say I got beat by Burnham this week, right? Okay. If he wants to get. If he wants to get me the following week to play better, he'll put a picture of Burnham up everywhere in the locker room. You know, over the course of the week, you, you end up okay, okay. I understand what he's trying to say. You know, so he's a man. Of, he says he's a, uh, a man of very little words. I, I, but he know he knows where the photocopier is to get those pictures right, up for you. That's right. a, he knows. Yeah, he knows how to hit that sweet spot without really causing a, a negative reaction from a player. Oh, that's incredible. I love it. Uh, he's Mike Adam. He's the rider safety uh, back for year number five and with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, you mentioned the young guys, and a lot of young guys got some got some run in 2021 thanks to all of the injuries and and such. When you look at what's what's available for 2022. Uh, confident? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know the young guys. I told uh, I told you last year when we had a conversation during training camp. That might have been one of the best group of DBs I've seen come in since since I was in the league. Since I, since I got in Montreal, 2013. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking athletic. You know, film study, smart, humble guys. You know, uh, character guys, and it's just they all have the whole package. You know. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what year two brings for them because that's the biggest jump you're going to make as a pro, right? Well, I, 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 tell me why. Tell me why that would be the case, the jump year one to year two. Well, with, their, with the experience they got the first year, that playing time they got, that's, that's priceless. Yeah. So taking their experience, going home in the offseason, understanding, okay, I know, I know what all my deficiencies were. I know what my strengths were. And coming in better and making your deficiencies more your strength, you come in and then the game slows down for you year two. When you come in, and you've worked on those things in the off season, and you add on to the game slowing down, and you get in those reps in, in training camp, preseason, leading up to week one. Oh yeah, you see the progress. Yeah. All right. I like that. Uh, 
Mike, of course, you know I, I follow all the numbers and I track this and that. Yeah. What, the turnovers last season. You guys forced so many turnovers. You, As a defense, you would allow yards per pass play was second worst to only Ottawa, but you forced so many turnovers. Where did all those come from? What what leads to that? I mean, that's uh, that's called size, man. TNT drills every uh, every day three. You know, because Dickie, too, from the uh, start of training camp, you know, forced fumble when a guy's in an awkward position, you know, you know, hit a ball, you know, simple terminology like that that just keeps playing over in the guys' heads over and over again to the point where it becomes innate. And on game day, I think that's what you guys are seeing. Guys, you know, repetition just coming to fruition. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Is that a Shives or is that a Mike Edom? Oh, that's definitely a Mike Edom. Don't give him that. <laughs> I was going to say, we got we to gotta attribute that to the author. That's a good one. A reputation. Oh, no, no, no. Repetition that's, comes that's, to that's fruition. It's like right. That's right. a communications background. That's solid, brother. I don't tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Trademarked and timeout athletics. Uh, repeti- yes, there you go. Uh, let me ask you, we, we talked to you. We had our CFL Super Draft, which you did spectacularly in. Uh, you said your, your wrist is coming along fine. For folks who, who didn't hear that interview back in December, uh, tell right. us how your wrist is and how things are coming along for you. You know what? I'm actually in the middle of a workout right now. I'm actually outside the gym. I was, I was in another workout when you called, so it's going good. You know, I'm finally full. I'm full lift. There's no holdbacks. There's nothing, uh, no restrictions. So I'm just, uh, at this point, I'm just building and uh, trying to build a monster to go into season with. I like that. I like that. All right, Mike, before I let you go, uh, I called you. I called Canada West games for a bunch of years uh, before right. I ended up coming here, and I, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and pull up a University of Calgary Dinos depth chart from back in the day. Oh. Two, 2012, week three, oh. uh, you played against – I was calling games for the Manitoba Bisons. Um, right. Were, were you at Will Linebacker, or was the UFC just goofing with us on, on how they put that out? I kid you not. This is exactly how that story goes, okay? So the week before, we played, I think, UBC. And the receiver, um, Liddell Betts, or his name was Betts, something Betts, he must he must have had 200 yards on me. And so that week, uh, boundary half got hurt in the middle of the game. So I got moved from state to the boundary half with no reps. So obviously, Betts had the best of me, tore me up. So the following week, Blake Neal just said, you know what? Since you still learn the system, we love your effort, so we're just going to blitz you every play. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it looks like that. It looks like I was playing well. No, I wasn't playing. I was playing boundary half, but I was getting sent every game. Oh, every, every play I was getting sent. <laughs> that's a bit, yeah, because just looking at the, what I had for a like, depth charts were sparse at the time, but Jordan right. Verdoni, Corey Robach, and Mike Edom were listed as the linebackers. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then the next year you were boundary halfback in the game against Manitoba. I was like, oh, okay. But – this is the part that got me about the 2012 University of Calgary Dinos. Uh, up front on your defense was Lyndon Gadosh and Michael Clausen. Clausen yeah. yeah. still going in the Canadian Football League. Gadosh, I think, was first overall in the draft. Was so, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, there's another guy in there, um, Josh Simons, monster in the middle. He was a monster in the middle. He's an underrated guy that didn't get enough enough love and credit as he should have gotten. Josh Simons. Uh, Thomas Spalatini was off the edge. Um, yes. Jordan yes. Verdoni is a backer. Um, the offensive line, Kirby Fabian, oh, Suk that. Chung, young that. Sean McEwen playing guard. Suk, Suk Chung was also very young at the time. Carson yeah. Rockhill, who was in the Simone Lawrence trade in 2013. Uh, right. Jake Hardy and Mercer Timmis, who, play, who was an impact player in the CFL for a little bit. Stacked. Yes. Stacked. Stacked. And it's, it's very unfortunate because 
we felt like we had the team to get it done all the way. And you know how you know how football goes. So that's still hangs over our head. It's a feel yeah, but man, uh, I mean, just looking at that roster and, and thinking about it, to, you know, ten and years a, later. And that's a sad part. That's a sad part about having a team that's good on paper, because you, you never come together and actually see to it that you win it all. That's all you're ever going to be is that team on paper. Like we're talking about right now, we were a great team on paper. Yeah, and it's sad because that's all we ever were. Well, and then I I think of the 2021 Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and you guys came together. Like again, seventeen. You were you were on the sidelines at this point, but seventeen guys on the six game injured list, and you guys came together and gave the the Grey Cup champions a run in the West Final. I mean, that's what it goes to tell you the kind of guys we had in that locker room, and then obviously had tackles off the jury to have enough bodies to be able to go in week uh, week in week out with the injuries and everything that happened. That's just a good that's a good job on Jay. It was just bringing guys, bringing quality guys in that can play. In a heartbeat, like in our room, it was very competitive. Even my spot was very competitive. You know, Jacob Gabriel can play. You know, the guy that got hurt, Vincent can play. You know, Young Bo can play. Booker can play. So it it, it just goes off. Hat goes off to a jail for you know putting together a competitive roster that that that's going to sustain all through the season. I love it. I love it. Uh, he is uh, he's training hard to make the season go. Will you be watching? You mentioned Dearborn. You're watching Bob sledding at the Olympics with him competing. Uh, I'm kind of like keeping up with on the Instagram, but as far as watching it, no, I got two dogs at home. I, I don't have that much time on my hands. <laughs> February 19th and 20th, four-man bobs. I'll, I'll, uh, I got well, you. I'll keep it up. Now that you told me, I'll keep up. Yeah, you got some time. Mike, thank you, man. I appreciate you. I'm so excited to have you have you back in green that I get to call you uh, for 18 plus two preseason. Well, one preseason, you're a veteran, and then three playoff games or that many. That'll be great to see you again, man. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks for having me. He is the rider safety, Mike Adam. He's nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Kirby Fabian, Sook Chung. Sook Chung and Sean McEwen were the guards on this team that Mike <laughs> Adam played for. Oh, Sook Chung was man. for a moment uh, the highest paid Canadian offensive lineman, I think. Man. And Sean McEwen is I mean, on a Hall of Fame track as a center in this league. <laughs> and, and they weren't the feature pieces of that offensive line. It was crazy how much talent was on that team that uh, that Mike played on. And um, Jake Hardy's on that team. Ailey Buka came after. They all, a lot of them working out together in Calgary. Mercer Temis was, was uh, like, I guess it's because of his line but man as soon as that guy got the ball he was like 10 yards upfield yeah it was like that guy was so good i'm trying to like 2012 calgary didn't even they didn't make it to the venue it was uh laval and mcmaster I'm trying to think that would have been marshall ferguson's team yes i believe i trying to remember anything about but they, the 2012 season, but like yeah. calgary was always like still are to this day they're either in the venue or they're in uh, the Mitchell Bowl or UTEC Bowl almost every year because, man, that's a good program there. W- one of the names, and uh, it, we're going super deep cuts for anybody for who's a Canada West fan, but you talk about like, the running backs that the Dinos had at that time. They went through Matt Walter, and they went through uh, a bunch of guys. Uh, pulling up the 2012 one, there was a back named Kong Tai Lu. And uh, I remember I, his name. I hadn't thought about his name in a decade, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, he was phenomenal because he's just bat, boop, boop, boop. He's <laughs> just that offensive line clears these massive holes, and he was the guy ahead of Timmis on the depth chart that day. And 
Oh, just Kong Tai Lu, wherever you are, it was a pleasure watching <laughs> you go uh, for the University of Calgary Dinos. I can't get 2012 uh, U Sports or Canada West standings. That would have been. Uh... Yeah, I think it's, it's oh, off Calgary, the Oh, Calgary 7-1 that year. Oh, there you okay. go. Regina was 6-2. and two. Uh, yeah. The Huskies were 5-3 and three in the third spot in the playoffs. Uh, man, great to have Mike back. Uh, great to see the rider season is only four months away. Uh, Got to give a shout out to the folks at Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Sarah Orleski of TSN, the bottom of the clock in the cage. Afternoon rush in the Pats. They take on the Brandon Weekings tonight at the Brand Center. The Pats originally were to face the PA Raiders, but the Raiders were unable to play due to COVID issues. So it's the Pats and Wheaties, 7 p.m. You can hear the pregame show starting at 6.35 right here on 620 CKRM. Avalanche superstar Nathan McKinnon has reportedly suffered a facial fracture and a concussion after an open ice collision with Boston Bruins forward Taylor Hall. In 30 games this season, McKinnon has 9 goals and 34 assists. The 2022 Scotties, it's here. It's going to be an exciting few days for uh, Saskatchewan curling fans. Chelsea Carey's rank is TSN's featured game Friday night versus uh, Team McCarville at 6 p.m. And uh, Penny Barker is the featured game Saturday night versus uh, Tracy Fleury's rank also at 6 p.m. DT. Monday morning, 8 a.m., got to be the feature match it's carry versus barker Ooh. saskatchewan supremacy on the line again very excited to see in the first couple days we get to see both saskatchewan ranks very yeah, excited good. for that tsn doing us a favor here in saskatchewan uh yeah uh vander kane's uh edmonton oiler officially did some preemptory oh, that guy just won't interviews. go away willie <laughs> i craig button made a real good point i mean that's a guy the oilers get him for relatively speaking a nickel right i think like, it's a it's a great signing yeah with a lot of upside it's just like if if it goes bad you know then you know i guess the oilers just have to live with live with everything else that comes with that but yeah i don't know it's just it's it's a risk but edmonton needs something yeah they're winning games now which is fantastic what three in a row now they're winning games but they need something and they don't have a ton of options to get something. Alan Mitchell, the uh, TSN 1260 in Athletics, has been with us the last couple of weeks. They don't have the room to do this, and maybe they could do this. And, oh, Jake Allen would be a great acquisition for them from the goaltender perspective. Oh, Jake Allen is on the shelf for, what is it, eight weeks. Yeah. They don't have a lot of room to play with. So that they were able to get a guy who is not the elites. He's not an elite scorer in the league, but he's not too terribly far below the elite scores when he's at his peak. Okay. Is the locker room strong enough to handle? <laughs> Evander Kane. I, I, I hope there's, uh, since I don't like the Oilers and stuff, like I hope that there's uh, some stories that will come out sooner rather than later. Like I, I'm, I'm, I hope he does well. I don't want to be like, guys, yeah. I hope that he fails. But, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of over the Evander Kane thing, man. But. But he's got, to he, he's got a team now, and you can tune out. You can tune out until yeah. they play the halves. Yeah. It's five twenty nine. We'll go to break. Sarah Orleski covered the jet covers the Jets. She would have covered Evander Kane. She can give us a little insight there. She's also feeling the Packers loss. Noted Packers oh. fan as well. Sarah Orleski with us next, talking to NHL in the cage.
532 in the sports cage. All the guests of the show up here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Look at the professional setup Sarah Orleski of TSN has for this hit. Very formal. Looks like you have real clothes on, too. This is Oh, maybe it's a sweat top. I can't tell with, with the ladies. Yeah, it's a hoodie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm not, I think what... Maybe Glenn Suter gets dressed into uh, the blazer or the suit for it. No, sorry. He, no. It's 5.30. It's 5.30 Central on a Friday. I, no way. I'm, I'm just scanning and people, you can't see this. So I'm scanning for Prosecco in the uh, shot there and I, I don't see I any. I am a professional. Yeah. No, you, I am not having Prosecco right now. You casually, you very, you very intently because you're a good, you're a good guest. You waited last week. So we were very happy to have that. Uh, two things before we start talking Jets. Uh, no. Okay. Are what? you talking about last weekend? No. Okay. Then one thing, we'll leave, we'll let the Packers' results slide. We don't have to discuss that ever again. Uh, I'm 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 curious. We were talking about Brian Burnham signing to to the BC yep. Lions, and he's the guy I want him to be on the team that I cover because I love him so much. Uh, do you have a guy like that for you that you wish he was on the Bombers, the team that you cover the whole time? Oh, oh, that's a great question. Um, probably. There, I mean, there's a bunch is, you know, and I mean, anyone that follows the CFL, I think knows that there are so many great people and personalities in the league that just are so much fun to have the opportunity to uh, have the opportunity to speak with. Okay, come back to me at the end. And let me think because I'm sure that I'm sure that there are but I will say that there are so I let me switch from bombers and I'll say um, jets that that there's one or there's a few that I love speaking with, but even yesterday in the game, uh, it was Adam Lowry's 500th game. Mm. And so I put in my request for intermission interviews. And so the PR person said, what about uh, talking to Lowry? And I said, you can give me Adam Lowry any intermission, the time that he's so enjoyable to speak with. I just find him insightful and I find him an enjoyable conversation. So there's, I think there's always those sorts of um, players around. And it's so, it's such a treat when you're able, as you know, well, Mm. when you're able to walk out or you're able to finish an interview, but that was just, I mean, it was when it's that mixture of informative, but also just enjoyable conversation because you can just see that it's an, that the person is just a really nice, good person that um, I always looked. Okay. So Mike Riley retired. I'll give you Mike Riley is one that I always look forward to. Yeah, having the chance to speak with. Well, just just having some life in them, right? Some guys, for some guys, some some guys, some gals aren't comfortable talking to us, and especially for you, talking live, right, can be a real thing for some. But some folks are just, hey, I'm I'm here, I'm happy, I'm either happy go lucky, or I'm just, you know what, this is this is all right. I'll do my I'll do my business and I'll go on. But they have some life to them. Well, I think also, too, that it's not just even beyond the live aspect. You think when you put a camera in front of somebody, even if it's not live, but it's being taped, seeing the red light go on can intimidate so many people and change people in their comfort level with it. Whereas I think that sometimes you look at or be um, writers or even on radio, if you have that, where you just don't have that camera right in your face. So I've... I've 
I mean, for many years, I've had no hesitation in saying to players that unless it is live, if we're just taping saying, Hey, this is just, we're just taping no big deal. If you don't, you know, if you stumble through it, if you're not happy, that's fine. We can just stop and you can start again because I can only imagine um, how intimidating it can be, especially if it's something that you don't do often. It's and it's strange to see it happen, right? Because you've been on TV for a long time that it's just it's been second nature to you for forever. But how much it does change people in what they're willing to say and how much they think about everything. How do I hold my arms? I don't know. However, you would hold your arms. And that's exactly it. But I, you know, I can appreciate that because even when the times where I have been interviewed myself, it was a joke that it's that my line is usually about how, if this is how I make athletes feel, I apologize because <laughs> sometimes when you're asked questions and put on the spot stuff that can be really, that you are comfortable discussing or stuff that um, you do want to get out there, you could just, you can have difficulty uh, conveying that, that it's just, it can be unnatural. And I'm always someone using, but what do I do with my arms and my hands? I'm, <laughs> If I don't have a microphone in there, A, I'm a hand talker. So my hands are flying all over the place. But also I get, well, I don't know. What what are you supposed to do? Because I know you're not supposed to cross your arms because then you don't look approachable. And I cross my arms all the time. (laughs) So I am probably not giving off great vibes (laughs) to everybody because I always, but, but it goes back. What do you do with your arms? I don't. It you, feels unnatural for me to just keep my arms at your side. hanging down at my side. So I cross my, it's just comfortable. Yeah. You know? Honestly, I just, uh, I just have them in front of me and I touch my fingertips together to remind me not to move my hands because I would do the same. So it just, I'm, I, I'll, I'll stand up so you can see it, but I'm just like, I'm just like this and I'll occasionally blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You just touch your fingertips together. I try to keep stuff in my Perfect. hands. Yeah. So there that that way I don't move them all over the place but all right let's talk about some hockey and i was watching all right i was watching the six minute nhl package of highlights from the game yesterday and you can really hear the fans cursing after that five one or the players cursing after that five one goal in an empty arena oh my goodness yeah it's i partly be honest i I mean i understand why they're why they're opening it up for fans but when you look at 250 fans, great if for those fans that want to come in and watch, I suppose, but it certainly does nothing for the atmosphere. And I can, it reminds me, it reminds me obviously of last season with not having fans and, and you can't manufacture that energy, but it doesn't matter. They pipe in the crowd noise and they've got the music going at, you know, incredible decibels <laughs> that, this is where my nickname Grandma O comes in. Why is this so loud? So, but but they they're trying, but you just it doesn't matter. You can't do it, right? You cannot you cannot manufacture it the same way. And I can understand how challenging it would be for players if you're trying to get momentum back and trying to get that energy going. But if in a quiet building and there's only a couple of you know there's only a couple hundred fans and friends and family in it and mm. it's challenging but you can yeah you can certainly hear everything as well before it <laughs> distinct 
curses. Uh, I don't know who was cursing at whom or with whom, but it was probably very... many of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sarah Oleski, TSN with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. So it's now six straight losses for the Jets. What what's getting pointed to? What's what's the problem, or in your mind, what's the problem? Well, I mean, you worked with Pierre LeBrun for years. He'd be very quick to point out that it is, although they have lost, it is that they are winless in six because they do have two Losing points. points. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Which is a whole nother topic, maybe for next week. <laughs> and my feelings on that, we could do that and the all-star game. Um, but you know what, this team, and I spoke about it today on SportsCenter, but I've been about it a lot lately when just discussing it with uh, colleagues stuff that I just feel that this team doesn't have an identity right now and I asked Dave Lowry about it on Thursday um, in his availability they said I can't as someone from the outside you know looking I can't tell what this team is supposed to be and one thing that you always could with Paul Maurice's team I'm not saying they were always able to execute it but it was always very clear what the end game was mm. and it, and I just feel when you watch them out there now that it just, it looks lost and you can't tell, you know, that they have a lot of skill um, as in particular in their top six, obviously they've been significantly impacted by COVID combined with injuries. And so you have a lot of inexperienced players. Some, I mean, last night, Johnny Kovacevic made his, um, his NHL debut. He was the third defenseman in the last two weeks to make his NHL debut for the Jets. So, oh, wow. I, I mean, they've. So you're looking at you're looking at a bunch of youth and inexperience before it. But I just you're not able to look at them and go, oh, I know as soon as player X comes back that this is what this team is. And I think that that they're searching for it right now. They just they don't have that identity, and that's something they've got to get turned around, obviously quickly. Um, however they do it because this this is in danger of of going sideways in a even more significant way quickly uh, Cole Perfetti played his 10th game of the season yesterday uh, was that always the plan is that to some degree reaction to to what's been happening lately well more of the reaction I think to Nikolai Ehlers being injured and mm. so you're without that of higher end talent in the top six and he's really smart player but he's so young too and I think that if the Jets he hasn't he hasn't looked out of place but knowing the way that this organization has approached things for it I would be surprised if he had played 10 games had they been healthy uh, largely because obviously it brings into effect that first year of the entry-level deal but they're not the type of organization that rushes players along they like to put in that uh, to be able to have them with the Manitoba Moose, play significant minutes, get the experience pro level, because he just turned 22 at the beginning of January. So with the schedule that's coming up, I think that you know people have to be reasonable with the expectations that they have for him, because we've never seen anyone do the straight, you know, nothing but ascension in their in their career. They're going to hit, they're going to hit um, different bumps and peaks and valleys, and. I think that that's only natural, but I'm very intrigued more so DT going forward into February when Nikolai Ehlers comes back, presuming that everyone is healthy, then mm. what happens um, with Cole Perfetti? Because he's not the type of player. I don't think that you can play on that 
I mean, that third line or the fourth line, you're not going to play him for three minutes a game because why wouldn't you have him down with a Manitoba Moose in a starring role? So he's got one of those skill sets that he needs to be playing in a top six role. Yeah, and if you've already started the basically the clock on his first year why not have him up with the big team it'll be a real uh discussion and i suspect there'll be some uh, sports center hits on that uh, as the, <laughs> as it goes along with pierre lebrun uh chiming in sir oleski tsn with us on the western pizza hotline uh, i want to ask you uh, evander kane signs today with the edmonton oilers he did some interviews uh I don't want to say legacy wasn't the right word. I was trying to how to ask this question. What are the lasting memories of Evander Kane in Winnipeg? Um, look, Evander Kane has a very, uh, I mean, he's obviously, he's drawn headlines wherever it is that he's gone. There is no doubt, and I don't think that you will find anybody, whether they've covered him, played with him, that won't go on about the talent that he has on the ice no doubt about it but um it's it, I actually had to look to be honest I had to look at what year he left Winnipeg um so obviously it had been something but 2015 was when he left so significant period of time now I just think that um for me when I think of Evander Kane actually in Winnipeg I think that he provided some highlight reel moments for it mm. but unfortunately I think that more people will talk about we'll talk about off the ice things with him here than what they would on. But if he can, you know, if he can be a good teammate, if he can take advantage of this opportunity, there's, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Edmonton, but there's no doubt that just from a strictly on ice talent, yeah. um, he, there's no doubt that he's incredibly talented and has a unique, skill set when you look at this game overall right now and the way that it's trended just in how physical he can be combined with the obviously the offensive abilities yeah the the winnipeg time everybody knows somebody who was at earl's the night he did right that's that's the thing everybody knows the tracksuit you know somehow but even though none of us were there for the tracksuit incident everybody somehow you know appears to have been and the photo at the Cosmo, right, during the lockout with he was calling Floyd Mayweather. And I go, well, the the photo I thought was hilarious. And you know what? He's richer than I am. That's the deal. He can do stuff like that because his skills are – got him a 749 contract after, long after that. I, I don't know if he's misunderstood, but he's definitely not taken the way that he thinks he should be. Right. And, look, I, I don't know. I mean, when I listen to him – and I haven't listened to it, right? I mean, Kayla Gray did a great job at, in her um, interview that she did with him in trying to hold him accountable with things and kind of feet to the fire. I've only watched part one of that. And I just heard a little bit. I haven't had the opportunity yet to hear everything from Edmonton today. But I think at some point, uh, what you would like to hear is someone, whether you, is someone taking responsibility and some ownership for what has gone on as well. And not, I'm not talking about off the ice, mm. I'm not talking about off the ice in terms of, you know, any sort of legal issues, uh, but just take responsibility that this can't be on everybody else, that this has, you have to have played a role in it because you're not talking about one team yeah. and one set of players. It's, you're hearing those stories over many years and multiple organizations. And so at some point you have to, um, I believe, take some ownership 
um, of the situation and your and your part in how yeah. things have turned out. And and because both things can be true, right? People can be misinterpreting some of your stuff, and you can need to take responsibility for some of the other stuff. We we'll often social media, the media will frame it a little too black and white. Like it's it's oh, it's always that. Well, no, because it can be. Uh, a little sum of of both. Uh, Evander Kane will make his debut for the Oilers tomorrow against the Habs. Zinger says guaranteed win night for the Habs, which is bold, <laughs> considering they've won, I don't know, wow. seven games? I, don't I did know. not say this. this is... <laughs> I'm framing him. Uh, Sarah, final one before I let you go. 49ers-Rams on Sunday. Do you think? Do you have a, a winner, or do you just hope they both, uh, they both lose? Rams. I was going to go Rams. I am going to go Rams with it. No, I don't hope that they both. I mean, what's the point now? I could say that I both lose, but it makes, it's not going to get, it's not going to get, you know, the Green Bay Packers back into the postseason. So what does it matter? Yeah. (laughs) We can't have the Niners winning though. Like we can't, I, I cannot see that happen. Oh, I can't do it. See, but well, but they, I mean, look, the Packers did a lot of it themselves. See, now we're going to open up wounds, and now I am going to have to go get a bottle of Prosecco <laughs> and start going into this. But this, here's my thing for this weekend, is that I think partly both of the games, that you hope that you hope that all the games will be able to live up to billing. But considering what we saw last weekend, which I will consider to be the greatest weekend of NFL football, that I've ever seen mm-hmm. um, nothing topping um, the late game on Sunday that I, I just, I hope we're in store for, for a couple of good games, but no, whoever wins, I just want a good game. Cause again, did I mention the Packers aren't in it and hashtag special teams <laughs> and they're and Nathaniel Hackett named the coach of the Broncos today to say in. <laughs> Saying no, let's end this conversation. One guy that QA Ron <laughs> happens to like a lot, uh, throw Rogan, the quarterback of the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, See, Zinger wants a bottle of Prosecco right now, too. <laughs> yeah. Fact, yeah, get get one my way here. Yeah, so, <laughs> Sarah, thank you, buddy. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. I love chatting with you. Thanks for being with us. I look forward to it every week. Thanks, Sarah, guys. Sarah Orleski, TSN, with us on the Western Pizza Hotline 550. Aaron Karolnik, we will dive deeper into the NFL championship round at 6.05 in the cage. Sports ticker time. A lot of news in the CFL today. BC Lions announced that wide receiver Brian Burnham has agreed to a contract extension with the club as... Still got tears in my eyes, DT, about this one. Burnham has been named a, a CFL All-Star in each of his last four seasons. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, they've uh, re-signed Simone Lawrence, Don Jackson as well. Offensive lineman Sir Vincent Rogers, he signed a one-day uh, one contract to retire as a Red Black. Rogers suited up with the Red Blacks for four seasons and won the Grey Cup in uh, 2016. The sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781 2090 and we have the new york giants new head coach take the under on the buffalo bills next season because we got a new head coach buffalo bills offensive coordinator brian doble as their new head dable Dable. oh that's an a yeah that's dable that's a big blow for the bills that is a wow um my initial reaction and we'll run this by aaron karolnik at 605 take the under on the bills next season dable 
and that offense. Josh Allen is an absolutely special talent. But oh. let's give a little love to the offensive coordinator who who lifted him up to, or helped him get up to that level. Yeah. That's that could be a problem for the and that's that's what happens with success, right? Other teams want to take your guys. Oh, the Buffalo Bills. But like Josh Allen, like we've seen what the Duke like he's talented. Obviously, it's going to be a learning curve with a new guy in there, but it's definitely going to be a bit of a struggle, I think, maybe. Maybe even for the first half of the season next year, maybe the full season. But eventually, I think he'll get back on track. But Well, depending on who they hire. Yeah. Um, Cody Fajardo, 2019. Cody Fajardo, 2021. Mm-hmm. Brian, Allen, Brian Allen. Josh Allen, 2021. What if he has the Cody Fajardo-type season in 2022? Uh Anything's pot because you just you never know what is that what is that coach like to run what's he what's he got what's he got for him can he really harness is he gonna run Allen more is he gonna take the running out of Allen's system but sometimes even a change can like could be better make things like I'm thinking I know I'm going back to the Packers again but just bear with me here <laughs> Mike McCar- Orleski says it's fine yeah Mike McCarthy's last few years in Green Bay the offense was just stale it was like the same way for like. A few years, and then a new system comes in, DT, Matt LaFleur's system. And then what happens as a result? First year Rodgers year is, yeah, it's pretty good. And then the next two years? MVP. MVP. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, and one of the best offenses in, in the league. So, hey, you just never know how it will go. Draft some offensive players, Packers. Brian Dable, not Doble. Yeah, you the, remember that. The New York Giants and uh, Daniel Jones. Oh. I remember Tacoby Cofield in 2019 because he played with Jones at Duke. He said, no, he's the real deal. Like, really? Because he was awful in 20. 20- he's going to be remembered he's, for he's, one play and one play only. And I bet you know what play I'm talking about, Daniel not, Jones. He's not terrible. Daniel Jones is not. That team was terrible again. Yeah. Jones, I don't think is terrible. To the point where if I don't have to pay him $40 million. He fell on his face wide open. Remember that play a few years ago? It was pretty ago? awesome. That Just was re- awesome. He was sprinting for like a 90-yard touchdown <laughs> or whatever, and he falls flat in his face, and it was like a 75-yard not touchdown run. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you, though. He's like, he's, he, he's, he's not, I, like, he's not terrible. I don't look I don't at think him. he's going to get you over the, I don't I don't think he's going to get you a Super Bowl or anything like that, but the, the Giants are nowhere hey, near being in that conversation. Though. Jimmy Garoppolo might get a Super Bowl, right? And where <laughs> where's Garoppolo in your mind in the NFL? Like top twenty? Yeah, that's top, true. Would you say top fifteen? But it's like it's very top ten. It's very rare when those types those types of quarterbacks win Super Bowls. I mean. Yep. I, I guess like Joe Flacco, the the 2012 season it was. Peyton Manning with the Broncos was atrocious, but yeah, everything else was so great around him. So, like he was he was very broken by the time he won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Yeah, but yeah, it is mostly top eight, top five quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, this year it's going to be uh, well, there's a two and four chance the guy in the AFC is a top five quarterback, whichever one comes out. Yeah, Stafford. Okay, Garoppolo's the the worst of the four. I saw some stat today. The last eighteen Super Bowls have featured Brady, either Brady, uh, Manning, uh, uh, Roethlisberger, 
or the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> so the last 18 That's so funny. So the last 18 years have featured those three quarterbacks or yeah. the Niners. So Kaepernick, if, Garoppolo, yeah, yeah. So if if the if the Niners don't make it the Super Bowl this year, then like the streak is broken. Like there there's going to be like, you know, because for the past 18 years it's been one of those things. Brian in Saskatoon is on the text line. Brian, you're breaking my heart. I don't like to see this. I don't like the suggestion of this. I don't like any of this, but we'll address it on the other side of the break. (laughs) News news is next. Aaron Karolnik talks NFL and Brian in Saskatoon from the rumor mill. Brian, you're breaking my heart, man. I don't love it, but I'll read it coming up in the cage. Zinger firing on all cylinders at 602. Book of time. <laughs> on a Friday, the Sports Cage brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Brian in Saskatoon is on the text line, says, Hi, guys. Hearing rumors Duke Williams is going to sign with the Elks. I heard rumblings yesterday with Derek Dennis replying to someone's tweet and saying Edmonton. Today, I heard Justin Dunk from Three Down Nation hint at it. Just thought I'd pass it along. One, Brian, thank you for passing that along. Thanks for being with us on the cage. Two, no. Things we don't need include Duke Williams going to the Edmonton Elks. I think noted CFL aficionado Aaron Karolnik thing would agree. Duke Williams to the Elks is a terrible idea. I could not concur more, DT. And I heard, much like Brian heard certain things throughout the course of the day, I heard Duke Williams was signing with the Toronto Argonauts. So, Yay. sucks for you guys out in Saskatchewan. Your team can't steal a guy from my team, okay? That's not, that doesn't that doesn't seem – that's the decision we're all waiting for, right, as CFL fans, is where's Duke going, or is there somebody else who stands out for you? I mean, with someone with the quarterbacking realm, Trevor Harris, Jeremiah Masoli, but yeah, Duke Williams seems to be the guy that's in question. I suppose Brandon Banks would also fall into that category, but I think we could all agree that Duke Williams and Brandon Banks – Probably not in the same category at this point in their respective careers. Yeah, and then even the quarterbacks, right? Masoli, everybody kind of is thinking he's going to Ottawa. Uh, Trevor Harris, who knows? But, now, I mean, is it? can anybody have a real impact in Ottawa? And Harris probably doesn't go as the starter anywhere, right? So what's, what's he really going to? Is he going yeah. to move the earth? Well, no, and, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I'm not sure Masoli going to Ottawa, Doug Flutie circa 1995 going to Ottawa is going to make a real difference for the Red Blacks regardless. But I, I think the Trevor Harris potentially in BC yeah. backing up Nathan Rourke, I mean, that seems like a logical fit, but I almost wouldn't like that as someone who really wants to see Nathan Rourke succeed as a Canadian starting quarterback this that kind of just leaves the possibility, the door open for a switch in case of early struggles. I'm really hopeful that BC just commits to Rourke. They got Brian Burnham back there. Of course, Lucky Whitehead signing there as well earlier this offseason. So he's got as good weapons as anybody as far as his two top receivers. So he is absolutely in a position to succeed. I'm hopeful that we're able to see that opportunity and and hopefully he thrives in BC. It'd be a lot of fun to see that. Players can start officially talking to other teams as of, I believe it is Sunday, and then the free agency uh, a week from Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, and we'll see how this all shakes out. All right, Aaron Karolnik of TSN Edge and TSN Radio. Uh, man, two, I don't know if they're, uh, Buffalo, Kansas City was the Super Bowl, right? Like, best of three, they just keep playing for the Super Bowl, right? 
I think that's fair. Maybe best of seven. I don't know who that's good sign for up for that. That was as good a game. I don't care what sport you love, football, hockey, basketball, as you'll ever see. And you're almost still kind of just uh, just recalling the highs and lows and depths of despair, depths of joy, and just pure, incredible quarterbacking from Mahomes and Allen. And I don't know if we'll get the same from Mahomes and Joe Burrow, but it wouldn't surprise me at all, DT. If you saw a very similar score, maybe amount of points, uh, I would probably say that's more likely than the score being as close. But uh, I think this this game will be full of fireworks as well. I was going to say, at, at least there's the potential for, at its absolute max, this could be 90% of that game. Because though Kansas City is a much bigger favorite in this one than they were in the game against the Bills, Cincinnati has has shown it's for real. Oh, no, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, a couple of huge wins for the Bengals. And there's a lot of people pointing to the Week 17 game between Cincy and Casey as a reason why the Bengals are at least legitimate options to compete, if not win this game, cover the seven-and-a-half-point spread, which has moved off the number of seven mm-hmm. in the past 24 hours, which I find interesting. That money's coming in in KC. But I was delving deeper into that Week, week 17 game today, DT. If you look at some of the absences or situations for Kansas City. It basically couldn't have been worse. If you look back on that, both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill missed the entire week of practice because they were in COVID protocol. They didn't have Jarek McKinnon as part of their offense at that point, and he's emerged in the playoffs as a very versatile threat. And they were missing one of their tackles for the entirety of the game. He was ruled out just before game time, and then another got injured in the midst of that game. Not to mention they were on the road. So I think you add all these factors in. Joe Burrow had 446 pass yards in that game. Jamar Chase had 266 <laughs> receiving yards and three touchdowns. It seems to me, if you want to look back back at that as a reason that the Bengals have a chance, I think it actually is the opposite. And that KC, the only reason that game went the way it did was that KC had just a number of unfortunate series of events that kind of all came together. And the confluence of those events was resulted in that loss for Kansas City. Personally, I'm on the Chiefs. I bet them minus seven. I'm not loving the the minus seven and a half as much, but I think this is a game that flies over the total of 54 and a half, and it's going to be an absolute shootout, and you're going to see a ton of scoring from both Cincinnati and KC, whose defenses, eh, I mean, you look at the Chiefs, DT, and you take away those Steelers games that we saw them play in the second half. Mm-hmm. It's a very mediocre defense still. I don't believe the Chiefs defense is anything to write home about. And I think Burroke and Chase and those guys can put up a bunch of points, but I don't know if they could do it and, and outdo Mahomes and company at this point. Here's my mild reservation when you talk about the total. Uh, last I saw 54 and a half. Cincinnati's interior O-line just got destroyed last week. Nine sacks of Joe Burrow. In that game, Casey uh, can get to you through the middle of their uh, with their de- with their defense, and you talk about Jamar Chase and two sixty six and three scores in that game, turning eight yard passes into seventy yard touchdowns, and Daniel Sorensen took the most bizarre angle to a <laughs> to a deep ball by by uh, Chase that led to a touchdown. If if any of that's cleaned up, and Chase has only a hundred yards, I I don't know that Cincinnati can keep pace with this under non uh i'm trying to what's the word i'm looking for non extreme circumstances like 266 from from their stud receiver and and i absolutely agree with that there was a number of things that happened in this game that were just weird unsustainable going for yeah the 
Yeah, and I and and I think and I think that's that's a very realistic look at this game, and it's going to be one of those things for Kansas City where they're going to need to figure out ways to continue to pile up points, even though and and, and I think what you reflect upon with with the, with the Bengals is true in that like Kansas City in the first half of that game in Week 17 scored 28. They scored in four of four possessions in the first half. They were up big and up big early, and since he just stormed back in the second half, and I think that's exactly what is the game plan for the chiefs to get out to a big lead and ideally not blow it the way they did in the second half last week and or in, in week 17, I should say. So it, I think it's a really fascinating game between two really fascinating teams. Mm. And I can't wait to see the shootout that well, I'm hoping we see on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And I'm, I kind of want it to be the late game because the, the other one should be the appetizer for what I think is going to be a real nice one. The Bengals and the Chiefs at the 2 p.m. game on Sunday. Aaron Karolik with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. San Fran and L.A. at 5 p.m. Last I saw was L.A. minus 3.5, but minus 105. So pushing perhaps back to a 3 with a total of 45.5. Can San Francisco, a team that scored, what, six offensive points, can they keep up in this game? I like San Fran to not only cover the three and a half, but to win the game outright. Yay. And I, I read some really fascinating things over the course of the week and a hat tip to Adam Chernoff from covers.com. Who's had some great guests on his show this week. And one of them identified something that I found so fascinating as someone who really delves deep into the analytics of the CFL DT. I think you'll appreciate this San Fran on offense with their pre-snap motion. They alter their plays, the line of scrimmage, and utilize pre-snap motion more, more so than, than any team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And the San Francisco 49ers defensively disguise their coverage more than any team in the NFL. And in such, it's a very stark contrast in styles. And I think that's why Shanahan has had so much success against McVay and Shanahan's offense against McVay defenses in the past. And just the offense for uh, for the San Francisco 49ers and the ways that they disguise their coverages leading up to the line of scrimmage, I think ultimately will yield a lot of success against the Rams as it has. And as, we, as we're all well aware, the Niners have beaten the Rams in six straight games. So whether or not that really means anything at this point in the season, we know they're 2-0 and there's all this narrative surrounding, can you really beat a team three times in a season and how difficult that has been? But I absolutely believe the Niners can. And there's a lot of people questioning Jimmy Garoppolo, rightfully so. Yeah. He was truly horrendous, horrendous <laughs> in Green Bay. But it was freezing cold. This is a game that we played indoors at SoFi Stadium. And if there's ever a situation where Jimmy G can get on the board, and we know the stats about how successful he has been in his career, at least as far as wins and losses go, I, I think you're, you're going to see a team in San Francisco that takes it right to the Rams. And this is a game that can go either way. I love San Fran plus the points. You get that hook on the field goal, and I think it's a three-point game yeah. either way. I, I think San Fran could sneak this one out for sure. We got to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo, horrendous. Are you saying it's bad when you <laughs> throw the ball directly at a defender? When you hit a defender well, in the hands, one, that's bad? Not, not just one time. <laughs> I, maybe it was like, what, five, six, seven yeah. times that we saw Jimmy G do that? But he won. Uh, in he Green won. Bay. He was, QB oh, wins. He's a winner. He's a winner. He is a winner. Except for. And that's, that's the most important thing. I don't love Jimmy Garoppolo. I couldn't pro profess to do it, but – Let's be honest here. Matthew Stafford, every, he's now all, all, all of a sudden America's darling. And, you know, the terrific performances he's had, uh, this sports, uh, at least towards the end in that game against Tampa last week where he threw those two dimes to 
Cooper Cup, but it wasn't long ago towards the end of the regular season where everyone was questioning Stafford, throwing those pick sixes yep. in four consecutive games. Keep that in the back of your head. I don't want uh, people to get the recency bias confused with Jimmy G and Stafford because it wasn't long ago that Jimmy G was viewed as the golden boy and Matthew Stafford was viewed as someone who couldn't get it done in the playoffs. So I don't think San Fran needs to rely on Jimmy G nearly as much as the Rams do Matthew Stafford, but I think ultimately that's probably a good thing for those respective teams. So you're going to see a lot of Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel and that stout San Fran D against the Rams. I think this should be another fantastic game. I think we're in store for two this weekend. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, where was I? Go? Oh, um, Stafford on, on that one. I've been, I said at the beginning of the playoffs, I don't really buy the Rams because I'm waiting for Stafford to make his hideous mistakes that cost them. He made some hideous mistakes this past weekend, and they weren't caught by defenders. And you go, okay, they won the game. Everything looks okay. But you, you got to stop throwing the ball to defenders. And, oh, you mentioned uh, there was something. Oh, beating a team three times is very difficult, blah, blah, blah. We hear this in every sport all the time. We hear it in the CFL. And Ian McMillan, who contributes to us on Wednesday, went back and found it out. Teams that are 2-0 and against teams so far in a season playing a third time under the it's tough to beat them three times. On that third game, the team that won the first two is, in fact, 14-8. and so they've won 14 out of 22. So it turns out it's really not that difficult to beat a team. There you go. Three times. There you go. And there, in a there's season. so many narratives in sports DT that people kind of buy into. And, and the investigation is required. And I'm as guilty mm. of it as anybody. And I think that whole situation is certainly one of them. And, uh, and that's why I think both games are so fascinating because the familiarity between the two teams um, we know Cincinnati and KC played recently in week 17 in a classic game uh, for the NFL regular season this year. And I think I'm, I'm hopeful that we see another one between the Rams and the Niners on Sunday as well. So you are on Kansas City giving the points. You are on the Niners taking the points for the Niners. Will Trent Williams play will be a big a big decision. Their left tackle Huge. is uh, was apparently quite slow at practice today with an injury. Uh, that is going to be a big deal as this one goes along. AK, just just no Duke Williams. Duke can go to Toronto. I'm okay with that because we're buds. He can't go to Edmonton. He just can't. We have uh, we have Jim Barker now in our front office here with the Argonauts. So right, you know he's got things. Uh, he's got things dialed in behind the scenes. He's working. He's working the phones, and uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, what the Argos do at quarterback. We still haven't heard anything about McLeod Bethel Thompson and what the status is there with the Argos. So as long as they don't let him go to Raptors games in the, a couple of days leading up to the uh, the CFL playoffs, everything should be just fine with the Argos. Oh, the CFL can be ridiculous at times. I love it. That's why I love it. AK, thank you, brother. We'll uh, talk to you in the weekend. See you, DT. Have a great weekend. Aaron Karolnik, TSN Edge and TSN Radio. Nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Zinger, Kansas City minus seven and a half against the Bengals. Uh, Putting a lot of thought into this. I, I think Cincinnati's going to win the game. Oh, Cincinnati outright. Oh, boy. Okay. Even though at the beginning of the show I said Niners, Chiefs, Super Bowl, I've changed my mind. 
I don't know what, why. <laughs> what made you hurt? What made you hurt uh, Chiefs fans like that? I don't know. I went outside during the six o'clock news to get some fresh air, and I saw a vision in my head of Joe Burrow <laughs> diving into the end zone with would a be, go with a go ahead lead. Uh, Burrow chase in the Super Bowl? Uh, no, would be amazing. DT, would be, could D be incredible. DT, the Chiefs are gonna win. I'm going back now. The Chiefs are winning. Think of the. T I mean, that would be a, <laughs> a Titanic. Not necessarily in football, but that would just be a Titanic upset. Like the Chiefs should win Super Bowls from now for the next decade, right? They should be consistently in contention. If Cincinnati, in their first time of getting to the playoffs, with a duo that played together in college and 266 yards, and Jamar Chase might be generational talent, and actually Burrow might be a generational talent too, blah, like. That would be an incredible narrative off of that game. If they get through a true generational quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, man, that would be uh, that would be a real one. Uh, San Francisco, L.A., uh, San Francisco plus three and a half, or do you hope they both lose? Uh, I hope they both uh, lose. There you go. I hope they both can't take the field, but I think San Francisco is going to win the game. I do think it's going to be San, Fr uh, San Francisco and Kansas City. I'm going to go back on my word that I said 2 minutes ago. I, I don't think the Bengals are going to win. I I'm going to stick with my gut and I'm going to and I'm going to say the Chiefs and I'm going to say the 49ers. So in the fresh air, it's Bengals. It's different out there when yeah. I was outside. I got a vision out there, but when I come back here, I get back to reality and Reality tells me the Chiefs are winning it. So, Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes yeah, gravity. There goes Cheering slim. for the Chiefs. All right. <laughs> 619, plenty more coming inside the cage. Six twenty sports cage on six twenty CKRM. Uh, just checking up on something. The Cleveland Cavaliers, two games back of the Chicago Bulls in the loss column. Uh, Zinger, when I make retirement money on my Cavaliers, one hundred to one to win the division. Do you want me to? What do you want me to buy you? Uh, maybe, maybe a house. Nice new house. Mark it down. <laughs> Easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. And I have them at 101 to uh, catch the Bulls and win. Yeah, that's a pretty good team, too. They're kind of we're right? flying, flying under the radar for a bit. But they they beat up the Bucks pretty good the other night. I was really disappointed watching that one. I was like, oh, man. I need to, the I Bucks need... are so hot and cold right now. It's just like it's it's driving me wild. They have a late game tonight, the Bucks. They're playing the, the Knicks. It's a 9 p.m. start. So that's, uh, a, what? that's a little weird one because it's in Milwaukee, but it starts at 9. Isn't that it? So it's in Central Time Zone with a team from the Eastern Time Zone, and it's at nine o'clock. Yeah, all right. Yeah, the, whatever. Unless I'm seeing it wrong, but I've looked at a couple different sites, and I'm looking at it here, nine o'clock. Like, why? I don't know. I don't get it. I like it. I like late games. Hey, NBA knows its stuff, I guess. Uh, update from the Scotties: Northern Ontario blanking the first end. It was apparently wide open, according to the team carry. Twitter account, Chelsea Carey in Northern Ontario, no score after one end of play as the Scotties get underway in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Uh, that the feature match right now. So uh, in eight minutes, you're allowed to go to the TV. I should turn it on to keep the sound down. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, we're yeah. okay with that. Yeah. It's always okay to have the TV on and have CKRM pumped up as yeah, well. Yeah, you know what? Stay away from the TV for just a bit, you know? Too much TV is not good for the eyes. It's better It's better for the ears if you just listen to us on a nice, comfortable tone. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Save is. save the eyes, says someone who plays like ten hours of video games every day. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get back to the video gaming. I only played. I did like two missions of Red Dead Redemption over my vacation. Was it too overwhelming for you? No, it was just I was terrible at shooting from horseback. Oh, yeah. So when the coyotes invaded the ladies' farm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was not very helpful there. She shot most of the coyotes. Let's not <laughs> kid ourselves. And she's like, oh, thank you for your help. I pretty sure I shot one of those things. Well, that the the gameplay the gameplay for Red for Red Dead Redemption on the on the PS3 is is actually pretty difficult compared to the Red Dead Two on PS4. Okay. So you're not alone there, man. Yeah, I watched The Color of Money last night. Oh, uh, Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, 1986. And it makes you realize, oh, yeah, Tom Cruise was a movie star 35 years ago. Wow, Tom Cruise. <laughs> he, and Tom was fantastic. He plays this kind of goofy, flaky pool hustler. Mm-hmm. And he was, I'm like, wow. I guess this would have been, um, would that have been a year after Risky Business? But 35 years ago, he was a he was a movie star. That dude's going to be jumping off a building in Mission Impossible 10 yeah, two years from now. I wasn't around 35 years ago, so <laughs> I can't I can't speak on on that time period. I finished Ozark last night. Ozark. All right, we got four minutes. I don't know. How how do we do this, though? Because, oh, yeah, we can't because it's I don't only wanna, been out for a week. I don't right? want to spoil it for people. Was it? Let's talk about it in generalities then. Was Were the first seven episodes of season four worth it? Oh, yeah. I think, I think like... In my opinion, it was one of the better better seasons. I thought the writing was pretty good. Uh, there was a lot of things that happened that maybe you weren't expecting to happen. The last episode, for sure. Yeah. There was uh, right at the end there. That was uh, yep. oh, you know. So uh, overall, no, I'm I'm very pleased. I was right after I finished it, I went online and I was looking to see when part two would be released and. There's no date. Yeah, there's no date on it, but they they do seem to think that it's going to be coming out in 2022 sometime, whether it's in the fall or summer. So three important people died during the season. Yeah, the one and then the two. Yeah, is that right? Was there was there of the three people who died? Anything? Yeah. So there's three. There's three important ones, and then there's one random one that I can think of. Okay. Yeah. Of the three important ones, the, the one of I, one of them really broke my heart. Yeah, one of them really broke my heart, and and it came and it came in the same scene with yeah, the other one. I feel you. Um, <laughs> this I, is, we're speaking in code. <laughs> Adnan Verk, who uh, guest of the show, does a lot of stuff uh, as far as this. He does not like Jason Bateman in this role. He he thinks Jason Bateman's doing a terrible job acting in it, and Adnan knows movies and acting and stuff. Uh, Bateman, I mean, he ha- he he's just he's always got his head down. He's always looking another direction, and I I he, Adnan hates it, but I really love Bateman in this because his whole time is I have to not get killed by the mob. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is I got to do this for so I got to eat a bag of I got to eat a bag of bones like. I love his act. No, I love his acting style in in the role. Like I think he's doing. That's the first I've heard of someone yeah. not thinking. But Laura Linney at the end of episode is it episode three? The thing happens with Laura Linney where mm. you're like, oh, she, yeah. another example of you are fantastic at your job. Yeah, just oh oh well maybe I will. It's again 
no spoilers, but like, oh, maybe I will and maybe I won't. Yeah, yeah. Mm, as I watch you, and hum. And there was one, one one scene in the in the final episode, DT. It, it was from an actress when she storms into a house. Yep. Like that was that was like a goosebump goosebumps type scene, man. Like that's like Emmy. Really that's Emmy worthy. That that scene right there, man. Like really good. That was. She is such a great actress. Yeah. Now with such we, a we great can say, scene. We can, I think without giving anything away, we can say it's Ruth we're Ruth, talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. She is She is tremendous. And I had never seen her before season yeah. one of Ozark. Yeah. That uh, scene she, was phenomenal. She that was, was in like... The, she did a movie called The Assistant, which is about sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh, the Assistant was a terribly slow movie that was really boring, and I couldn't make my way through it. But watch watch her and go, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you have it. You you absolutely have it. Uh, I cannot wait for the second half of season four of Ozark. Oh man, whenever that comes, time to watch some Too Hot to Handle. I guess now season season three's out. <laughs> Crave TV, the after party oh. uh, debuted today. Uh, it is, and I believe it's going to be eight episodes. Or is it on Apple TV? Pardon me, it's on Apple TV. It's eight episodes. Tiffany Haddish, uh, Ike Barinholtz, Ileana Glazer, Dave Franco. I guess there's there's some sort of crime or some murder that happens, and it's told from eight different people's perspectives. The night oh. is told, so the first three episodes are out. Uh, I am very excited about uh, about that one. Uh, Channing Tatum is going to be in there. Will Forte is going to guest star as well. I'm looking forward Might to, have to that check one. Check that out. We're going to uh, that debuted on Apple TV uh, tonight. Duke Williams, don't do anything over the weekend. These Edmonton, Edmonton's a terrible place. You don't want the, you don't want Nick Arbuckle throwing you the ball. Oh, it's so far north. And plus, Adarius Bowman there, he's in his prime. You're not going to beat out that guy, right? You know? uh, Deadmonton is its nickname. You don't want to live in Deadmonton. I know you may have liked it the first time around, but think about the talented receivers that were there at the time. Yeah, and Michael Riley at the time. Ed Riley, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Bryant Mitchell was there. Darrell, prime Darrell Walker. It's not the same anymore. You, it's, Shy were, Ross isn't prime Darrell Walker. Yeah. Just don't, you, just don't do that. Don't got, go there. No, just not that one. Toronto. And not Winnipeg. And not Toronto either. Yeah. Although Toronto's better than Edmonton. But we, we just come to Toronto. Just come to Saskatchewan, okay? We will uh, keep you updated on that one as it goes along. To, uh, gosh, next week on The Cage. We have our regular guests. We'll have Ben Hebert in studio next week. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, well, his rink, the Kevin Cooey rink, and the Matt Dunstone rink in a big skins match next Saturday at Frost. Very excited about that. Matt Dunstone will join us as well next week, and there's going to be some real trash talking <laughs> going on. I'm there. here for it. I am absolutely here for it. We'll talk a ton of CFL. We got Rider News. Craig Reynolds will join us to talk Riders on Tuesday. Great week of shows coming. Thank you so much for being with us. Wherever you are, you're live, you're on demand. If you uh, bared with us through the early woes of the show today, we appreciate you being with us. Pats Hockey is next. Pats and Wheat Kings. Dante Dakari, the pregame show at 635 right here on 620 CKRM.